0: Welcome to another episode of the two shots podcast I'm your host Joe Garcia and today we're gonna be joined by the one and only Noah Magaro George Uh, he is a writer and a contributor for pounding the rock and you might also see him with our good friend Ty Yeager at at the line podcast
1: yeah uh, I, I just joined Ty there recently we filmed our debut or my debut rather and uh, we followed it up with a big draft recap. So everybody should check that out. It's a lot of fun. And soon we'll have Mac in that group, too. And I know everybody in Spurs Twitter misses Mac. He'll be back soon.
0: Yeah, Mac, the Mac attack. I miss Mac, you know. So it, it'll be nice to see him come back, you know. And hopefully, if he does, you know, when he does come back to Spurs Twitter, I can have all of you guys on, including Mac, because I had him on uh, my show a while back. And he's great. You know, I love Mac. You know, he's great. He's great when he comes out and starts talking. So I want to have you all uh, back on the show again so we can have a lot of fun. You know
1: definitely I think we'd all love that and you're right Mac is so great at just keeping a conversation flowing he's fun he's candid he just tells you how it is so yeah I'm excited to have him back and we'll yeah. we, we'd love to join you sometime
0: yeah so it's going to be fun we'll 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 do that at a future date but when we're going to talk about in this episode of the two shots podcast we're going to talk about all the rumors that have been circulating you know and and it has to involve the San Antonio Spurs of course there there has never been, this much smoke, this early, it, it going into this off season. you know? I mean, it's it's been a challenge because, you know, we're going to have a quick turnaround time. Season ended. Now it's looking to fire back up again with the draft coming up on, on the 18th here. And then they're reported uh, that the season is going to start uh, somewhere near Christmas, you know? And they said the preseason will probably be somewhere around 19th through the 22nd. And teams are going to be able to select whether they want to play three or four games as far as the preseason schedule goes and each team will actually have to host at least one game in their arena so we, we have a lot of different things coming out here so we've never seen this much smoke from the Spurs this early on uh, in the offseason even before we get to free agency uh, rumors abound like crazy there's rumors involving one DeMar DeRozan and the Lakers showing interest in giving us Danny Green which I feel a certain way about Danny Green and Kyle Kuzma and I know everybody else has their their opinions about that. And then we have the other scenarios where the Spurs are shopping around Patty Mills supposedly. 76ers are interested in him. And then we have the one that everybody in Spurs Twitter has a big opinion about, which is Lamarcus Aldridge and the Golden State Warriors. Golden State is interested in giving us the second pick in the upcoming draft for one Lamarcus Aldridge and our 11th pick and they're going to send us in return. Andrew Wiggins. And so we're like, "Oh man, I don't know about that, you know what, 32 million dollars for the next 2 years? Um that's a hard pill to swallow, but if you know, my my opinion is if the Spurs see somebody there that you absolutely know is going to make a big impact on the team moving forward and it's going to go ahead and propel the youth movement, that might be something you have to do. You know, you could move Wiggins at another you know point in time and you might lose money out on that deal there there's no question um but it's very attractive i gotta say i don't know if i'd pull the trigger or not but if somebody's name came up there that i absolutely have to have at number two i mean what what would you do noah
1: see, for me, I've been watching a lot of tape on this draft class all year, whether it be you know, Killian Hayes playing for Ratio Farm Ulm in the Budensliga, Liga, um, whether it be a guy like LaMelo Ball playing in Australia's basketball league over there, and then all the college basketball players. And here's my take on this class. This class doesn't have a lot of top-end superstar talent at the very top of the talent pool, right? But what it does have is a lot of really good role players and some guys who may be able to one day, you know, second, third best player on a championship team. And that's not bad, but if you put it in perspective, every single guy who I have on the top 10 on my draft board wouldn't go top seven next year in next year's draft. So in my opinion, you're trading up to the second pick, unless you're getting something really good, which I don't think there is anything that worth it at two, I wouldn't do it. Especially if you're getting Andrew Wiggins back. I mean, come on, this guy's been, all like (laughs) empty stats man empty stats so i I don't want him back and i know that we've talked about you know maybe they send draymond i've read a bunch of stuff from writers uh who who are writing for golden state they're not interested in sending draymond at least the writers aren't you would have to think the team probably feels a little bit the same way right he's like the heartbeat of that defense He's the leader of that team, even if he's not the best player. So I don't think they're going to send him, and I don't want Andrew Wiggins. I don't know how you feel about it, but I don't want Andrew Wiggins.
0: I don't want Andrew Wiggins, you know, unless they, the Spurs front office really believe in somebody in this this draft class that maybe we're not seeing because let's just face it, you know, we're not the Spurs front office. They're scouting everybody right now, and unless they see something that they absolutely can't pass on, much like they did with one Kawhi Leonard, and they, they had to, you know, make the trade, and let go uh, George Hill you know that was something that we thought wouldn't happen because he was a fan favorite and a favorite of coach pop he still talks about him to this day he he hates giving up George Hill but it turned into Kawhi Leonard and it turned into a chip for the San Antonio Spurs unless there's a scenario like that happening of course they'll make the best uh, the best decision for the team's future but Andrew Wiggins is a hard pill to swallow especially with that number two pick and the quality of, of draft, uh, draftees that we have <laughs> currently in yeah. this year's NBA draft because a lot of these, you know, draft, draft, uh, you know, anybody, let's say one through five, one through 10, if we go into a scenario of going into next year's NBA draft, they're probably not going to even be in the first round, you know, they're going to fall down out of the top 10 for sure, be late first round picks, and You know the next draft class just looks so good it's there's no reason to go ahead and panic and make a trade that that screams of desperation you know that's that's my my point of view
1: yeah i totally agree with you there's no reason to make a move or feel like you need to make a move um i think you're fine how you know how you are and i think at 11 there's a lot of guys available who are very valuable players who can come and fit in this uh you know youth movement that the spurs seem to be getting behind And then if you do want to trade up and maybe you're not looking at the second pick, maybe you're looking at the sixth or the eighth pick, you know, there are some guys who I like, like Onyeka Okongu, perhaps James Wiseman. I'm a little bit lower on James Wiseman than a lot of the consensus, but for me, there's this exception to the rule, and I hate to be a homer, but we know what the Spurs system, right? Their developmental system, they've done so much with so little, right, with guys who get overlooked, whether it be like a Tony Parker, or a DeJounte Murray, or a Manu Ginobili. And for me, James Wiseman is such a physical, like outlier in comparison to other guys at his position. And he was one of the very top recruits coming out of high school that if the Spurs got their hands on him, I'm confident they could mold him into something. Now moving up to two to get him, I'm not really a big fan of, but like I said, if you were going up to six or eight and he's still on the board, I, I say that's a great idea, especially him or Con- O'Kongwu.
0: Yeah. So, you know, we, we have these different scenarios playing out. I just think that the Spurs should stand pat with that 11th pick. You know, there's going to be some quality players that are good as far as development goes and the Spurs system is proven. So if you get somebody at the 11th pick, uh, hopefully you'll wind up getting a big man. I, I can't imagine them drafting another guard. I hate that scenario, but we've talked about this in the past before, and this is a dicey situation. Once you get up to your pick, do you go ahead and draft the best available player or you draft for need? I think at this point, you have to go with the best available player at that, at that point in time, because we don't know Let's say if one of the big men that the Spurs have actually been looking at goes sooner. Maybe they go at five, maybe they go at six and seven. So your, your plan that you had going into it is already unraveled. So at that point, the, the thinking would be, we're just going to draft the best available player at 11. I mean, that's to me, that's the way the front office would think. Uh, what are your you know, indications?
1: You know, for, for me, if I'm the Spurs, I love the idea of drafting the best available player unless it's like between a guy who's a guard and a forward or, or a big man, per se, and they're neck and neck, right? If they're neck and neck, then go with the guy who is uh, a positional need who may be a better fit. But if the guy like, let's say, Killian Hayes or uh, Kyra Lewis or maybe even someone like LaMelo Ball, I doubt he falls that far, but someone like that. If they're available and you're going okay well it's between him and Patrick Williams or it's between him or um, you know somebody like Obi Toppin then to me you got to go with the guard regardless of fit and, and, and for me when you look at teams like Boston right Boston for a long time they just stacked their assets right they didn't care what position they were they just drafted best player available best player available they had a ton of draft assets. And they were able to flip those assets in the long run, and that's turned into Jalen Brown. It turned into, uh, for a minute there, Kyrie Irving. Um, they had, uh, you know, Jason Tatum. And, so, and they, they, they look like they have quite a bright future. And I think in the NBA, the name of the game is superstar, right? If you don't have a superstar, that guy who's the engine of a championship team, you're not competing for titles, you just aren't. And I know people wanna look at like the Miami Heat and go, well, how did they get to the finals, right? Where was their superstar? Well, I don't know if anybody was watching basketball last year but Jimmy Butler was a top 10 player that's a superstar to me so uh, I think the Spurs are fine like we've talked about to to maybe stand pat just go best guy available really I trust them with whatever they end up doing I really have a lot of trust in the organization Um, but if they trade down if they trade it's you know it could be exciting a little bit disappointing the other way but again at the end of the day I'm pretty much going to trust the Spurs with what they do because they've just proven time and time again they know what they're doing they know how to identify talent and, you know, a lot of guys, again, who have been overlooked throughout the history of basketball ended up in the Spurs organization. And they have done so well with that that I trust them. They've earned my trust at this point.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to be happy, you know, with any scenario that plays out. Uh, my, my indications are more than likely they're going to have one of these uh, big men that they can, they're keeping a close eye on fall uh, to number 11. You know, right now I've looked at the CBS mock draft. I've looked at, looked at the ringer. I've also looked at ESPN, and really at this point in time, almost everybody's saying that 11, Devin Vasile will be available for the Spurs, as will Patrick Williams. They had him going as high as number seven, but he's fallen off down, you know, fallen down now a couple of slots down to that uh, probably the 12th at the 13th pick. But I also like Tyrese Maxey as well. But, again, we'll just have to see what who's going to be available. You have Isaac Okoro. Uh, also who's been projected to be picked at number nine by the Washington Wizards. So a lot of things are going on here. You know, you can still find some some good talent later on in this draft. So there's no need to really draft up at this point and, and really just put yourself in a bad situation. If you stand pat, I think they give themselves a really good chance at getting somebody as far as a quality pick that they can actually work with. So, uh, Or they could actually give 11th pick up and trade down because there's still going to be some some good talent there you know you could get more for your money you know you get the 11th you get you give up the 11th pick and maybe you get something in return as far as two big men you know or you get a big and you get a, a, a power forward or a small forward you know you get a bunch of different uh you have a bunch of different scenarios at this point so i'm with you man 100
1: and and i'll throw out a scenario here for you so a few weeks ago i had keith smith um on my on my youtube channel we talked about um, possible trade scenarios and one scenario in which the Spurs trade down out of 11 is they're sending LaMarcus Aldridge to the Celtics that gives them a vo- you know it fills a void for them for a big man they're desperately in need of a starter big man and they give us the 15th pick and they also give us Robert Williams and Gordon Hayward and we give them the 11th pick and I don't think that's an awful idea. Oh, no. Gordon is just a one-year rental, right? And this is just a hypothetical. Keith wasn't saying it's going to happen, but it's something that would kind of make sense for both teams, and I know a lot of Spurs fans have been on this uh, Sadiq Bay train, right? And to me, <laughs> at 11, Sadiq Bay is not a reach, but he's an underwhelming pick. He doesn't have a very high ceiling, in my opinion. He's someone who's better suited to a team that is pushing for the playoffs, that has its, you know, superstar, one, two, three options already in place, right? So that he can just play the role of being a complimentary guy. And someone I like to compare him to is someone like Cam Johnson, someone who played with the Suns. You know, he went nine last year's draft and people went, well, that's a little high and I'm a little disappointed, but he's a good player. And I think if, you, if you're if you the Suns and you have to do it again, you would trade down because he would have most definitely been available later in that draft. They could have gotten other assets. And I, I feel the same way for Sadiq Bey. I like his fit in San Antonio. I like him as a player. I like what he brings to the table. But at 11, I'm not gonna be mad if they pick him, but I'm gonna be a little bit underwhelmed.
0: Yeah, you know, so just let everybody know right now, if you're listening to the podcast right now, there's no need to panic and try to move up in the draft and, and give away every asset that you have. We're perfectly fine standing pat at 11, or in the scenario as Noah had stated, if you want to go ahead and move down in the draft, you can go ahead and still uh, get rid of an asset that still has some value. And also, it's going to be able to free up some cap space come next season when the Spurs will have the money to go after some of this, these big name free agents that Spurs fans are clamoring for. And, and the thing is, too, Noah, this is what a lot of fans don't understand. You don't necessarily need a high-value superstar. We already have a good young core. We need some pieces. But only I think really at this point in time, we could actually go after some key pieces that we need to surround some of these younger players and i think we can be a very competitive team there's no need to go out there and get desperate and just throw a you know a, ta- a ton of money at somebody that you that uh, spurs fans feel that we absolutely need from a from a business t- standpoint that makes no sense you know going ahead and just throwing a sack of cash at a big name free agent and that's the only one that you pick up you know, you, you have other scenarios that you have to think of as far as who are you going to keep, you know, because we, we want to keep the young, younger core intact. And not only that, uh, you can just go ahead and get quality players, you know, and, and not have to necessarily just spend all your, your cap money on, on one. You know what I mean?
1: sure and I think if you look throughout the history of the NBA right like most NBA teams that have won a championship have a superstar so to me that's kind of a prerequisite right if a superstar wants to come to San Antonio and you have the money to throw at them um, go ahead and offer it to them and I know my buddy Ty hates me saying this but (laughs) San Antonio is not traditionally a free agent destination we've just seen it time and time again and yes when they had Timmy when they had Tony when they had Manu, they didn't need to bring anybody and they couldn't they already had the money on the books right Yeah. but San Antonio traditionally historically has not been a free agent destination but one way you can make yourself into a free agent destination is have a good core of players players who are talented who can be complimentary pieces and maybe if you're lucky this next year you know Kelden Johnson or Lonnie Walker Derek White or um, you know any number of the young guys they have a breakout season of sorts and they show they can be that you know, second, third best player on a championship team. And you can make yourself attractive. And I just wanna throw this out there. The Miami Heat last year. When Jimmy Butler signed with that team, a lot of people went, what is he doing? They don't have any superstar. They don't have even a second star. They don't even have that many attractive pieces. Then you saw, actually, if you were a Miami Heat fan, you knew all along they had some good pieces. Bam out of bio, emerged as an all-star. You had Duncan Robinson emerge as someone who was one of the best shooters in the NBA. Tyler Hero had an exceptional rookie year, and he got drafted 13. They found exceptional value there. Derrick Jones Jr. was a really good defender. They brought in guys like Andre Guadala, Jay Crowder. So they they were able to surround a guy like that and attract a guy like that with pieces on their team without having that number one guy. So I think if San Antonio can really buy into this youth movement, right, and get behind these young guys getting – a ton of minutes a ton of opportunity to work kinks out of their game let them make mistakes let them grow you know give them confidence at the end of the day in, in the 2021 off season somebody may look like a Giannis may look at the team and go wow I like what they have there maybe I want to join them they've got a lot of good defenders a lot of good shooters a lot of good players so you really never know but just to throw my like you said throwing money at a name for for no reason just because they're a big name not a great idea but if it's somebody who's legitimately a superstar who can help your team win I say you go
0: for it. Yeah, somebody like a Giannis. <laughs> the,
1: the chances that of that happening are really low, yeah but I'm saying it's not impossible. You know, hold yeah. out a little bit of hope, just yeah. a little bit.
0: And I'm making fun. I'm having fun with myself right now because <laughs> a lot of Spurs fans are like, "Well, we can go after Giannis next year." I'm just like, or they wanted to go after him this season. I'm just like, um that's probably not gonna gonna happen (laughs) so it's like it's wishful thinking but we got to come back down to reality and you know i got raked over coals when i kind of said the same thing you just did about the miami heat and kind of let everybody know hey the spurs could actually go down that road you know they have some good young pieces right now um and i said it's not necessarily you know that the miami heat are just full of, of superstars you know it's not a super team it's just a very well-built team that they have really good players at their positions. I Like, hey, that can happen here in San Antonio, you know? So Spurs fans kind of need to open their eyes and, and look and see what we have right here in front of us. And exactly as you just stated, we don't know who out of this young core is going to emerge as a legit star. You know, there's still a lot of work to be done. And I think that you still have players who can actually elevate their game, like Lonnie Walker, for example. I think Lonnie Walker still hasn't found his identity. I think he, he doesn't know what he is right now at this point in time, but working in that offseason and working closely with, you know, the Spurs co- coaching staff, I think he's going to develop his game. He's going to be more controlled and he's going to be happy playing a role. And once he does that, I think he's going to be a, an outstanding player, you know, uh, and I stated, you know, him specifically because you look and see what his potential can be because he's a very good athletic player. I mean, his hops when he gets up and he just has the ball in his hands. You're like, oh, my God, something amazing is about to happen. You know, even players on the opposing team have their mouths open like, oh, my God, look at this kid jump. You know, so there's a lot of promise there with with Lonnie Walker in particular and also the emergence of one Keldon Johnson. Uh, The guy's just a Mustang, big body, you know, like he's always saying big body. I mean, I'm excited about this kid. I like his energy on both ends of the ball. I just think he brings a lot of that energy when he's in the game and it just kind of changes the complexion of the game because he plays so hard. Everybody else wants to play that hard. So I, I love that kid, man.
1: Absolutely. Keldon Johnson was an absolute revelation for the Spurs towards the end of the year. And let me, let me say this last year when he, when it was coming draft time, I had him slated 17th on my big board. I thought there's no way he falls past, you know, the 17 to 20 range. When he fell to San Antonio at 29 and when they passed on him at 19, I was so confused but so happy. He proved a lot of people right or wrong rather, right? A lot of people were not really that high on him and he proved people wrong and I know it was an eight game sample size but there are a few things you cannot teach when it comes to Keldon Johnson. You can't teach his motor, you can't teach his drive off of the court to improve and you can't teach that charisma, right? He has the charisma to be and I'm not saying he is the face of the franchise or a future superstar. But he has that charisma, you know, that that just uh, smile that makes fans want to be friends with him, right? They want to root for him. So if there's anyone out of this, you know, young core who I really like to have a breakout season next year, I think it is Keldon Johnson. I think he's most poised for that. He's someone who doesn't need the ball a lot to score. He's someone who if you give him the ball, he might be able to get a bucket against someone smaller. He's deceptively strong. And we've seen him in those new fiesta threads that look amazing, by the way. He looks jacked. Like, he's added some muscle to that frame, and you know he's been working in the gym. I think that he's going to surprise a lot of people next season. And I told Ty this when we were talking on our podcast. I have a few bad takes every year. I want my bad take (laughs) to be that he's only going to average 10 to 15. I hope he exceeds that. But I think if he averages that 10 to 15 points per game, I think that there's no way the league can't look at him and go, is that a most improved player of the year candidate? I think so. So I'm really excited to see what he brings to the team next year because I think he is just – the most seamless fit of all the young guys in the young core who can just fit into any lineup with any players because he brings that energy, brings the hustle. He can shoot a bit. He's going to finish strong at the rim, get to the free throw line. So there's a lot to like about Keldon Johnson, and, and I'm so ready to see him hoop up next year. Yeah,
0: another person that I'm I'm looking for them to redeem themselves is DeJounte Murray. Spurs yeah. fans have been very brutal with DeJounte Murray. Uh, oh, yeah. He's coming off knee surgery, you know, for one. He still was trying to find his rhythm. Then we he when he started getting things together, we have the pandemic. It stops everything in, in the month of March. It, it's, a, it's a big shock to everyone. Sports comes to a halt, as does much of the world. And it's like you had two seasons this last season. It was just weird. Everything stops. Everybody goes on hiatus. Everybody's working on their game and still trying to stay in game, game shape, working on certain aspects of their game, shooting, whatever it might be. Then they come back, and some of these players that just look god-awful just come in and just look outstanding. It's like two seasons in one. And then you have the Spurs going into the bubble. And then they're like, you know, we're just going to go on full full youth movement at this time, play the small ball because of injury. you know. So there, there you go. And the kids look great. You know, I got to say, uh, this young ball – you know this young style of, of basketball that they were playing it was exciting to watch you know even though they did have issues with teams that had length on them one of them being the 76ers uh, they just didn't have any answers for their big men you know and, and that happens when you're playing small ball we did not have uh, some of our key pieces there you know to kind of help in that regards
1: yeah that, that's true and, and i think if you're uh, you know watching at home and you're thinking well you know the spurs lost to the sixers I'd love to remind people: there one goaltending call that did not get called on Joel Embiid, and one defensive mishap from Dejounte, right? And maybe if you want to blame Jakob a little bit for blowing that layup at the end, there there are a few plays from winning that game pretty handily. So to me, they could have, and, and including that last game against Utah, right? Like they are literally a few games from going seven and one, legitimately going wow. seven and one. Being the second best team record-wise in that bubble, and I think we saw a lot of chemistry between those young guys. We know they like each other. We've read things about them, you know, just hyping each other up, you know, compliment each other. And when they get to play with each other, you could tell they were having fun. And Demar fit well in there, you know. He fit well in there as well. He was a pretty good engine that made that team run. You know, he got everybody involved, and then at the end in the fourth quarter, he took over. So I think if you're a Spurs fan, you know, maybe they they're not like. Fifth, fourth, third seed kind of team, but they're, they're a team I think next year that if you play your cards right and maybe move on from LaMarcus and I know you know maybe some people aren't happy to hear that, but if you move on from LaMarcus and you add a few pieces, you're you're possibly a seventh, eighth seed in the in the Western Conference, and I think that's not bad if if you're if you're getting that playoff experience for those young guys, that is just so important.
0: Yeah, one of the scenarios that I went over with uh, James Pledger of ESPN Radio here in San Antonio, I had him on as a guest. And we kind of went down and we, we dissected every team and we looked at them talent-wise. And when we came down to the San Antonio Spurs, and, and people got mad because we said this, we said talent-wise, they're probably the 12th best team in the West, but it doesn't mean that they can't compete and they can't get that eighth or seventh seed in the West. It's just saying, these are facts. Other teams in front of us have more yep. talent, but the Spurs at being the 12th best team, they still have a good combination of a young core with some savvy veterans. And that experience can take them further than some of these inexperienced teams that are in front of us that are talent-laden. You know, they have more talent than us, but they have less experience. Because at some point in time, experience comes through more than talent does, especially in close games. So I wasn't putting on uh, anything saying like, hey, the Spurs are are a horrible team. I was just saying this is what was happening right now at this current point in time. These are the facts, you know? But it doesn't mean that they're not gonna be back up there playing in the playoffs next season.
1: Yeah, and you know what? I I know I'm gonna get burned for saying this, but to me, best case scenario is you hand over the reins to the young guys. Like, you've moved on from Demar, you moved on from LaMarcus, I'd love to keep Patty, but move on from Rudy, right? You give the young guys the reins, you let them do as they please, let them make mistakes, let them develop, and if they're bad, you know, if they don't make the playoffs, Oh, well the 2021 draft class is, is absolutely loaded like I mentioned earlier no one in my top 10 in this class would even go to top seven next year in my opinion so there's a lot of guys who are worth drafting and even like if you're the seventh or sixth or fifth pick that doesn't mean you're like the worst team you were one of the worst teams but you're getting that experience for young guys and you saw it with the Charlotte Hornets right they had someone like Devonte Graham they had their other young guys like Malik Monk and uh miles bridges show some development and you know maybe down the road you add that superstar piece through the draft like you could next year and you're right back in playoff contention and i think that's just so important it's short-sighted to think that the spurs absolutely have to get back in the playoffs as soon as possible you know we're not trying to be like the orlando magic where you're a perpetual eighth seventh seed and you never go further because that's a bad place to be in right that's not somewhere you want to be in now if you're bad for a year or two oh well That's not the worst position to be in, especially if you're getting someone at the top of a draft, especially as talented as 2021. That's going to help you get back to where you want to go. So that's just my opinion. I know I might get burned on it, but, um, you know, either way, I'd be happy make the playoffs. Good thing. You know, getting the lottery again. Good thing to me as well.
0: Yeah. You know, one of the scenarios that I I had, too, because I was talking with a lot of people uh, on Twitter yesterday. Twitter was a big day for everybody, especially you, me, Ty, (laughs) everyone. (laughs) We're very active. So there were a lot of side conversations going on. And one of the guys, um, one of the follow one of my followers was telling me, Well, would you go ahead and be happy with losing with just going with this young core if they got rid of both DeMar and LMA? And I said, Absolutely. I would be happy with losing, you know, knowing that they're gonna go ahead and invest and, and invest in the young in the young younger generation and this young core, and they're gonna get that much needed experience. You know, and if we don't make the playoffs for the next two seasons, I'm okay with that. I just want to see this young core get that experience they need because their day is coming and every every loss there's a message in there there's there's a learning you know uh, a, a a learning aspect that goes along with it you lost why why did you lose look at the tape look at the film you know and learn from that and every loss it gets them upset. It gets them angry because they know that was on them. And it wasn't, you know, blaming one single person per se. Like we we saw in the bubble, everybody wanted to blame DeJounte for for the loss against yeah. the 76ers. It's not yeah. one player's fault. It's the team's fault. They win or lose as a team. You can go ahead and pick it apart and say, well, it was this one, one person's fault or this one play that blew the whole thing. No, it was the whole game, you know? And they they just didn't do things that they should have done as a team, and that's why they lost. You can't pin it on one guy, but it, it's a good thing though because even in the bubble, all this you know experience that these young the young core was getting. I mean, I'm excited, you know, come this season. And I gotta say, we're gonna talk a little bit about the Spurs Fiesta jerseys, but more <laughs> than just the jersey. Did you see how ripped Dejounte looked? Did you see how ripped Lonnie looked? Keldon looked great. You know, Derek White, they all look like they were in great shape. Like some of these guys had been hitting the weight room heavily, you know. So I was like, man, these guys are gonna come in ripped, ready to go, and, and they look like they just have this different aura about them. You know, they're ready to compete and get out there and, and be a scrappy team. And that's what I'm loving about the possibilities of the upcoming season.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Those guys looked like they were in great shape. They looked like they've been hitting the weight room. And we know, I mean, anyone who's on social media knows that if you're following DeJounte or Derek or Keldon or Lonnie or any one of those young guys, we've seen them in the gym all the time, especially, I want to give a huge shout out to Lonnie and Kelton. We know that they've been putting in a ton of work. They're working with their skills coaches outside of the Spurs organization. And I think that really both of them are going to be posed for a poise rather for a big year. And one of the things that I think is just so, so important at the end of the day is remembering like if if and I'm not saying they're tony I'm not saying they're manu I don't want people to get carried away with this what I'm about to say but if manu and tony don't get those minutes as young if they're not given the opportunity the touches do they become who they are i don't i don't think so you know every player who's ever been great had to get that opportunity to shine to get extended minutes to get touches to get shots And I think if you're willing to move away from LaMarcus, you're willing to move away from Rudy and and DeMar and really let the young guys thrive, then we'll be accurately analyzing what these young guys can do. Because at this point, I think they've been so limited to touches and in their role that we don't really know what they're capable of. We have an idea of what they might be able to do, but we really don't know where they are. And I think, from what I've seen, that a lot of these young guys are more talented than a lot of people nationally are giving them credit for. And that's not just me being a Spurs homer. I really do think a lot of these younger guys, if they have the opportunity to shine, maybe they don't make the playoffs, but they definitely show their players worth investing in to some extent.
0: Yeah, and this is where, this is the thing that really irks me about Spurs fans. They are quick to criticize, but they don't really watch the Austin Spurs. If you want to know what these guys are capable of, what their ceiling could be. Look at some Austin G League games. You know, especially up. In, you know, in, in Austin with the Spurs, the Austin Spurs team specifically. You got a good, you know, heavy dose of Keldon. You know, you got a good heavy dose of Dejounte. You even had like, you know, some of the other players. I believe they had Derek at one point in time going and playing some minutes over in the Austin uh, G League when he first came in when they first drafted him, and, and it gives you a sample size of what these pal- players are capable of. Lucas Simonich, for example a lot of spurs fans they were quick to go ahead and criticize him he's a kid that's coming from the euro league it's a big change coming over here and learning nba basketball you know and the game moves faster everything's different here but if you looked at him when he was playing with the austin spurs the kid has great handles he's a great passer he's he can run the floor almost like a guard at times he he's he has all the 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 mechanics Of being a really good player for the San Antonio Spurs but Spurs fans don't put in the effort to actually watch any of these games to see what these players are capable of so it's like if you're gonna criticize go ahead but at least take the time to watch some of these games before you open your mouth you know
1: definitely I I definitely agree with you there I mean and I think most importantly with Luca He's a dude who you mentioned it, Euroleague. You know, actually, I think he played for this team called Olympia. I don't, I don't know if that's how right I'm it saying was it. Olympia. Yeah. And he wasn't like a main featured option there, right? He was someone who played about 20 minutes per game. He got a few shots up in there, here and there. It's not like he wasn't a big part of what they were doing, but he wasn't their first or second option there. And then you take him going from there, moving him to the United States for the first time right? That's a huge culture shock for anybody, let alone a kid who's 19 years old. Then you thrust him into the G League. And even the G League is incredibly competitive. Everyone in the G League was a star in college. And that's just a different level of competition. It's something he has to get used to. And we saw him kind of start off a little bit slowly in the G League. And even in summer league, like he showed flashes, right? But you also could see the mistakes he was making. And he's someone you just got to be patient with. The Spurs don't draft him at 19 if they don't see something special in him. And yes, I thought that they reached for him, but I trust the Spurs. And I think he has a pretty good ceiling. He's a guy who could be a mismatch at the forward position as a big man for years to come. And I'm not saying he's going to be a star, but he can be a very valuable piece of the team, especially. You're right. He can put the ball on the floor a little bit. He definitely can shoot the ball. He can pass it a little bit. So he's just so versatile and he's still so young. Give him some time, because he came in real skinny, right? He was about 225, oh, yeah. he's closer to about 245 now, so he's added a ton of muscle. You know, he's just gotta get it up here, right? Just get confident, learn the game a little bit more, understand the playbook, where he needs to be on the defensive end. You give him a little bit of time, and I promise you, you won't be as upset as you were on draft day,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, they're too critical of him. It's like, give the kid some time. You know, it's his first rookie season, and he's learning a whole new system. It. it and the Spurs system is notoriously hard to learn. You need at least have at least two, maybe three seasons before you really get it down pat. You know, so I got I got a lot of uh, I got a lot of promise coming out of Lucas Simonich, You know, I'm just going to be patient with him and see how the kid develops, you know. So give him some praise. Don't be so quick to be so negative all the time. Players read what you put out there, you know, so give some words of encouragement. Say, hey, man, I like your game. I like what you're you're doing out there. I love the work that you're putting into that not low. You, you suck and you're no good. I mean, come on, be positive. That's
1: (laughs) That's absolutely not right. And then then you, if you're thinking about it, like if Keldon is gone and whoever they pick at 11 or if they move up, you know, to two, whoever they're picking is probably not going to be in the G league. And assuming a G league season happens, that means Luka Shamanich is going to be that number one option there. We saw Keldon thrive in that number one option in the G League and I didn't really think he was someone who needed to be there but I think at the end of the day it helped him being able to be that number one option he got to have a chance to score more have more responsibilities learn what it means to be the leader of a team I think those same lessons can be applied to Luca if he's that number one option in Austin and I just think Spurs fans like you said like I have said just be patient give the kid a chance you know give him a chance give him words of encouragement let him know that you're behind him nobody I mean if you're in his position would you want people just Telling you you suck all the time? Absolutely <laughs> no. not. And in the case he ends up being really special, you think he wants to stick around after everybody's been telling him how garbage he is for years? Absolutely not.
0: Yeah, exactly. So we're going to move on here and we're going to talk about not only some of the rumors, but also get our reactions for, from the Spurs big reveal, which was the Fiesta inspired juries, jerseys that were a long time coming. So let's go ahead and dive into some of these rumors. We've heard LaMarcus's name thrown out there. We've heard DeMar DeRozan's name thrown out there. We've heard Patty Mills' name thrown out there. And there's been different teams. Lakers, you've had the Sixers. You even now have the Atlanta Hawks that have entered the fray as well as uh, possible suitors for one DeMar DeRozan. And there's just a bunch of different scenarios uh, out there. And, and the thing is, it's hard to keep track of so many rumors. There's just so much going on at any given time. But, you know, I come back to this one scenario where there's smoke, there's fire. Which means, from a lot of credible sources, the Spurs are actively shopping these guys around and seeing what they can get ahead of the NBA draft. So I think it's a good thing, though. We've never seen the Spurs front office this active before, and so many rumors coming this early on. I think it's a good indication of what the team is wanting to do uh, going forward into the next season. So uh, your thoughts on all these Spurs rumors that are flying around?
1: i think i think it's so exciting and and, and again you know like you said where, where there's smoke there's fire and i know spurs fans have gone well in the past we've heard rumors and nothing came of it well this, this is by far to me the most rumors that we have heard and we're hearing smoke from credible sources like matt babcock keith smith kevin o'connor these are people who are you know former nba agents are really plugged in reporters right people who know people in the industry so this isn't just you know some BS stuff that isn't true the Spurs are definitely looking into options and I think that's exciting if you're a Spurs fan you know with uh, with DeMar going to Atlanta maybe I think that's interesting you know that could be really interesting for them he gives them something that they don't have and you get a sixth pick and like I said you know it, it may not be the best player superstar player but you're able to stack assets and get young talent you know, that's the best way to find a really good player, is just having a bunch of young talent. So I would be excited with that. I don't love the, the, the DeMar the, the Lakers. Uh, I, I, I kind of am assuming you aren't. I'd love to hear what you have to say about that, but I, I'm not interested in that. And I love Danny Green. I love him. He was he was an integral part of this team for so long, but I'm just really not interested in bringing him back, especially if the other piece is Kyle
0: Kuzma. I'm sorry. Yeah, and exactly how I feel. You know, if we're just getting Danny Green and Kyle Kuzma, that's not really a good viable trade for the San Antonio Spurs. The only way it works is from a number standpoint because both both these players are going to be one year rentals, which their contract expire at the end of the season, and it looks good, you know, going into the the next season in the twenty twenty one season. So you can go actually actually go after some some people in free agency, you know. So that's the only thing that's attractive in this whole ordeal but you're really getting peanuts in return for DeMar DeRozan. At this point, you know, I would actually let him go for nothing. You know, just let him walk uh, if that's what he wants to do, you know, and he wants to go ahead and play for another team, that's fine. But if you can get something, you know, in return for him that will help the team and not really uh, put you in a bad situation come free agency in the following season, you got to look at that. You, you just can't make bad trades. It's going to just hold you back from from moving forward for a number of years, And, you know, the one thing I'd like to come back to is that Golden State scenario with Andrew Wiggins. Do we really want him? And this player is not a great player. And that salary of $32.9 million for the next two seasons, I definitely don't want that, you know?
1: Yeah, I'm not not interested in that at all. We talked about it a little bit earlier, and it just isn't enticing to me. You know, I, I hear some people saying, well, he could be an interesting reclamation project. The Spurs have turned people around. And, you know, that may be true, but Andrew Wiggins has been in the league for quite some time now. We know who he is. He's someone who has all the athletic tools. He had all the potential and talent in the world he got compared to, you know, LeBron James when he was heading into college and even leaving college. And he just hasn't followed through on that promise. He's somebody who is a lot of empty stats, doesn't shoot good percentages, doesn't contribute to winning. In fact, if you just take out that one year where Jimmy Butler was a part of that Timberwolves team, and they made the playoffs, he's been a losing player every single year of his career. And I'm just not interested in that for 32.9 million and then another year, I'm not interested in it. Now, now if we're talking about you know, getting Danny and Kyle uh, for, for DeMar, I'm okay with that if that means, if the other option is they lose him for nothing, just because I think you can let Danny go, let him walk. You don't even have to really play him that first year that he's there and the only year he'll be there. Kyle Kuzma might be an interesting scoring option off the bench. Uh, he's shown some flashes of being able to make some tough shots occasionally he shows some flashes of being a switchable defender but overall to me he just isn't a player I'm super interested in and the only scenario I would like that trade is if it's between absolutely nothing and that <laughs> yeah. but even then I'm just not that interested in Kyle Kuzma or Danny Green yeah. or Andrew Wiggins I'm, I'm just not and, and for that reason I think you're right the Spurs need to look at their best option available not just take the first person who comes knocking and you know they won't do that yeah we know they're not just going
0: to do that yeah so you know Spurs fans they saw what happened with Danny Green in the NBA Finals and and let's just say the three-point shooting wasn't where it should be and that was already on the decline when he was with the San Antonio Spurs he's a good wing you know perimeter defender yeah he is but beyond that I think his best days are behind him I don't I don't really want him back on this team I think we're just perfectly fine with who we have right now moving forward But let's go ahead and start moving into some Spurs Fiesta Jersey talk. And now I know everybody was so excited. I was awake. You know, I woke up the the day a couple was it Thursday or something. And I was like, oh, my God, the Spurs changed their header. You know, they changed their Avi, and it's all Fiesta colored. I'm like, it's happening. I woke up shaking. You know, I was so excited. I'm like, something's gonna happen. Oh my God, this is really, really happening. You know, the the leak that Ty put out almost a month ago, which almost seems like a whole season ago, a whole year ago. That was, was like rep ago. <laughs> I was joking with them, and we're like, this happened like almost a year ago, Ty. You know, and it was dead on. You know, the jerseys looked exactly like the the leak the leaked pick that was put out there. And it started with uh, Ty Yeager um, and he put it out there on Spurs Twitter and everybody ran with it and everybody got excited and they were hopeful that this, in fact, was going to happen and that the Spurs weren't going to troll us and then give us another camo jersey. But I think Uh the marketing team did a a very good job as far as the videos go, the the teases that they were putting out there, especially with the Coyote and the Kayak. I was like, you could see the Fiesta colors right behind him. I was like, this is good, you know, and then the message once they released the, you know, the photos and the video and all that. The message behind the whole thing is what I was really hopeful about it. It got, you know, it really struck a chord with me because the Spurs finally understand what the Fiesta colors mean to the culture here in San Antonio. And it was such a celebration of not only the color scheme because it represents Fiesta and that party, yes. It's more about the cultures coming together, and it's not just you know, the Latino culture, it's everybody that lives here in San Antonio. That's what Fiesta represents, especially when you go to Nyosa. It's a meshing of all the cultures that are here, whether it be you're German, whether you're African American, Asian, you're you're Latino, you're Latina, it doesn't matter. Fiesta is a celebration of all cultures. And everybody here in San Antonio. It's an inclusion of everyone. And I think they're finally starting to understand that's why we're so adamant about them putting those colors on the jersey because it represents us as a culture. And I think they finally understood that. What did you think of that video?
1: I thought it was beautiful. And I think you hit the nail right on the head, right? Like they. It seems like they finally understand that it's more than just the colors, it's the community, it's the coming together of cultures. In San Antonio, yes, it is a Hispanic majority city, but it is so much more than that. It's a very diverse city with many different backgrounds, with so many different types of people from every walk of life. And I just thought it was a beautiful message from them and 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 I think they executed the jersey quite well. You know, I think it it, it could have looked like Eric was saying, it could have looked like some sherbet monster, right? Like it could have looked <laughs> awful, and, and it didn't. They just did enough that it had that color that we wanted, but it also had a, a jersey that made it still feel like it was a San Antonio Spurs thing, right? It still fit with the team identity while acknowledging the community the culture of the city of San Antonio and that's what I really love the most about it and that's why it's gonna be the first jersey that I've you know bought as an adult I think I just can't pass up on a jersey and I am not even really a big jersey guy but for me this is something that you know even if I don't wear it that often it's something that'll mean a lot to me and, and I want it to be a part of even if I don't wear it a lot you know my life and in my wardrobe and I'm excited for them to finally drop it
0: yeah oh, they the jerseys are gonna drop on December the third I believe they go on sale, I believe it was at either at 9 or 10 uh, Central Standard Time, and they're gonna be available at the the Spurs Fan Shop, which is at, at the shops at La Cantera, and also online at the Spurs Fan Shop online. So you can go ahead and place your order. Now, they're probably gonna sell out really fast, so you're gonna have to be yeah. quick on that trigger finger if you're gonna wanna snag one. Uh, and really, I think the the price point for them, and Ty was saying this too, he's thinking somewhere in the neighborhood of you know average, maybe $120 range, somewhere around there. Uh, if you're gonna want the 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 nice looking jersey, you know you yeah. can get the the bargain basement one, uh, but it the the lettering and every the color coloring and all that will probably fade after a couple of washes. So you might want to upgrade your your jersey and get something that's going to be more substantial.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's a jersey that I think if you're gonna buy it, you want to get the best version of it because you know we've seen with all these city editions that they kind of change it every year and i think it'd be just so special to have that first edition of what i expect to be a line of fiesta jerseys going forward and uh you know to bring it back to, to fiesta um if, if you've never been and you live in san antonio you gotta go because i don't live in san antonio anymore and and i don't have the pleasure of going anymore and obviously yes it did not happen this year but once it's back and up and you haven't been you gotta go it is so special i used to go as a kid with my parents All the time every single year and it it really is just such a beautiful thing it's so special and um, you know I'm just so excited for these jerseys and I'm happy that they finally did this because like I think Tom Petrini was saying on Twitter like we kind of bullied them into giving it to us (laughs) and it's been long enough like we finally got it after working together you know Spurs fans always fighting but I think we were working together on this one
0: yeah me and Tom actually talked a little bit yesterday too so you know big shout out to you tom for for reaching out he gave a really good message to me that was private i'm not going to share here but i really appreciate you man thank you for that uh one of the other things too that we can look forward to is san antonio spurs on their twitter uh official twitter account put wednesday won't get here soon enough uh so we're dropping these new looks for you now is what they put and of course they put like a you know i think your wallpapers one of them was just san antonio in that old old school font and then they had the uh the little another one that was another wallpaper that was the the accent on the side of the warm up jerseys, which is that abstract pattern of Fiesta colors. Uh, that I like that a lot too. So we have something coming, and this is, goes along with what I've been kind of told behind the scenes is there's going to be more than just these Fiesta jerseys coming at you. You know, so that's going to be interesting. I, I'm thinking that they're going to unveil some some variations of that. So that's exciting. You know, maybe they're going to have a new look jersey. So for, for the upcoming season. So I'm like, okay, I can get behind this. If you're going to go full on Fiesta, hey, go full on Fiesta for the fans. Um, another thing, Noah, that we did get a glimpse of, and I want to get your take on this, is during the photo shoot, the Spurs, they, they had a little a, a snafu. They, they had a little bit of an oops moment because during these pictures, a lot of these uh, a lot of people on Spurs Twitter, uh, Bala Pat Sands, I got to give a shout out to him, he was one of the first ones that I saw actually release this. He zoomed in, he goes, zoom in on the court because you can see the Fiesta colors on the court right smack in the middle of the logo. So what did you think about it? It looks like we're gonna actually get a Fiesta themed court.
1: I think it's gonna be awesome. I'm, I, I didn't even notice it. Like the first time I watched the video, completely went right past me. And then I saw, like you said, Pat, uh, You know, on Twitter, they, they pointed it out and that was such a great catch because it's like something you really had to have a keen eye, see it quick. and. I think it's going to look so cool with the Fiesta jerseys and one one thing that I think is is so like kind of underrated is you know that saying where you know you look good, you feel good, you 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 like play good. I think that's very true. I think this is going to give some of the young guys and even the older guys on the roster this like swag, you know. You feel like you look good, you're you're playing on a really cool cool looking court and it's just going to give them maybe a, a different kind of swagger and I think that's going to be fun to see how they kind of react to that court and that jersey all, you know mixed together so i'm I'm super excited for both the jersey and the court and and i hope that they unveil like we know they're going to unveil more jerseys but i kind of hope they continue with that fiesta theme or at the very least maybe pay tribute to some of their old looks you know i'm not saying that they're going to do uh george the iceman Gervin type jerseys but those are jerseys that i'd like to see come back as well
0: yeah those are pretty dope and i really think that that's what they're going to wind up doing look they're they can only have so many jerseys that yeah. are going to be in the game itself, you know, that are for game time. So they're going to have a home. They're going to have the away. They're going to have the city edition jerseys. Maybe somewhere in there, they're they're thinking that they might throw a nod maybe at, at the camo. I, I do like, and, and I'm going to agree with Jeff Garcia, the white camo, you know, the white jersey with the camo on it. I thought that was clean, you know, and it was a nod to to, to the military here uh, that a lot of my family are, are, are part of, you know, so I, I can 100% see them doing something like that, and I'm fine with that. But I think what they're going to wind up doing for the fans, really, is put out some special edition jerseys that are just made for the fan shop. You know, and they've listened to the fans. Maybe they're going to have that old school, you know, George Gervin jersey come out that just says San Antonio that everybody loves so much. And, and I'd be down to get one of those. I love I that jersey.
1: <laughs> they look clean. They look – it's just such a clean design that it looks – Classic, but in timeless, but also you know could fit right in with the modern NBA. I think is yeah. just such a versatile look. So uh, I'd really be just completely ecstatic if that ended up happening. But really, whatever they do, I'm gonna be fine with it because they really have given us so much, and we we're having more rumors, more hype, more you know, the first lottery pick in forever. Uh, you know, all this stuff coming on us at once, and you know, it's it's hard not to just. Smile, it's hard not to be happy about all this stuff because the Spurs don't usually have this much buzz around them
0: Yeah, so a lot of things to be excited about, you know, and all this is coming Before we even get to the NBA draft and you know, the Spurs are having an official watch party so if you want to go ahead and be with other Spurs fans and Watch the NBA draft as it's unfolding. I hear that the Spurs are actually gonna be giving away prizes and a a bunch of things are going to be happening so if you want to be part of that it's free of course you can just go to their official facebook group uh page that they have up there and so you can be a part of that experience i think that's pretty cool that they're going to have this watch party event you know they, they haven't done that in years past this is something new for them and i think again they're listening to the fans and with today's times you know with the pandemic in full effect i think it's a safe way to bring the fans together and share the experience so i give them nothing but a big round of applause for that, because um, that's something that's surely needed right now. You know, a little bit of uh, happiness, you know, and, and joy, uh, and, and especially what's going on with you know today's time. So, if you have the chance, go ahead and check that out. I don't know if you're going to be a part of that watch party, but I'm definitely going to check it out.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to try to check it out, and Ty and, our, uh, Ty and I are going to try to be doing some sort of live stream in some capacity. Uh, during the draft when the Spurs are drafting. So definitely tune in for that. We're going to be doing something, you know, even if it's small with Atheline podcast. And if you want to be a part of that Spurs, uh, you know, live watch party, I think that's awesome because you're definitely right. You know, these are trying times. You don't get to see as many people. And this is a great way to be a part of the Spurs community and, and just be a part of something that's special because like I mentioned earlier, right, this is the first lottery pick in forever and specifically in 23 years. So this is a reason to get pumped. And, and I think it's going to be so special with people getting, you know, prizes to people being excited for the pick and who they're picking. And it's just going to be a great time. And I, I'm going to definitely drop by it because I think it may be a, a while before the Spurs um, have something like this, because next year, hopefully we're not in a pandemic, you know, next year, hopefully we can be with our friends and family and watching a draft, you know?
0: Yeah, I hope so. You know, that's, that's the consensus, but it's going to be an, again, this season that, you know, once it gets started, we don't really know what's going to happen, what capacity, are they gonna have fans in there? What type of protocols are gonna be in place? It's gonna be a different, very different experience from years past if you do in fact go to an NBA game this coming season. Um, long long gone are gonna be the days of us being able to just go up to random strangers and, and share a laugh and, and just give them a high five and just have a really good conversation because those are the things that I miss about going to the games. I would go to the games sometimes and I would just go solo, you know? And I would just go up and I always go to the fan zone uh, because i like the view of the fans and one of the best views in, in in the at the att center but the conversations you would just have with just random people that were so passionate about the team and it, it wasn't my place to say you're right or wrong i just love listening to the stories from a journalistic standpoint that's what you love you love the stories you like to hear why they like the spurs so much i like them because it reminds me of the times that i spent together with my family or i shared this experience with my dad or my my wife or my mother Or my girlfriend we had our first date here this is now my wife you know bunch of different stories that are are there for you all you have to do is be patient enough to listen and and just talk with the people i mean there's tons of stories i mean if you could just make a book out of all these stories that i've heard out there i think spurs fans would be intrigued and to understand how important this team is just to the culture of san antonio you know we're just intertwined so much together you know so I'm just excited about the start of this season. I mean, a lot of good possibilities, a lot of good stories.
1: <laughs> Definitely, and I, I feel like you're right. Like, if, if they could make a book, they could probably make several volumes because, I, you know, I know for me, the Spurs are important to me because when I was little, I used to watch the San Antonio Spurs with my mom, right? right. I used to watch with my parents, and, you know, they were winning, and it was a time for my parents to be excited. It made me excited even though I didn't really know what I was excited about yet, and... It just becomes something special, right? Everybody has a different story, and that team, you know, it means so much to this city. And you know, for people who are in Los Angeles, right, they have like a million teams for every single sport. San Antonio, really, they may have smaller teams, but the Spurs is where it's at. And and this team is so important to me, and it, I know it's absolutely so important to everyone in this community. It really has been. a a point of unification for this community. So that's really what I love about the Spurs, more than anything. Yeah.
0: So as we bring this episode to a close, I wanna say thank you for coming on and being a guest. You know, it's always fun to have you on the show and talk Spurs with you, Noah. But where can everybody follow all the great articles that you have coming out for Pounding the Rock?
1: Definitely, uh, yeah, so you can find my work at Pounding the Rock. Um, You know, I'm doing a bunch of draft stuff for them right now because we know the draft is less than a week away. Um, you can find me at the at the line podcast with Ty Yeager Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at N underscore Magaro and lastly check out my YouTube channel you know I'm slowly growing I got about 300 350 subscribers and um, you know just my name so if you know my name Noah Magaro George look it up you can find me you can subscribe because I'm putting out Spurs content weekly I've got you know, names like Keith Smith, Matt Babcock, Tom Petrini, and Joe is going to be joining that group very soon. So we've got a bunch of things that we talk about, you know, film analysis, draft analysis, uh, players, uh, you know, whatever. If it has something to do with the Spurs, I'm covering it. So, you know, thank you so much, Joe, for having me because I I have a blast talking Spurs with you every single time. It's really a
0: joy. Yeah, and I look forward to seeing what you're going to do with your live streams coming up because, you know, I'm going to be helping you out with that too, you know. (laughs)
1: Definitely, definitely. Yeah,
0: so make sure you go ahead and follow Noah, especially on Twitter, and also take a look at all the great articles that he has coming out for, you know, projects. I'm sorry, Pounding the Rock. (laughs) Poundingtherock.com. And also make sure you subscribe to his YouTube channel uh, because he cranks out a lot of good videos. So make sure you do that as well. And as for me, you can follow me and you can look at the content that we put out for Two Shots Podcast at Twitter at Two Shots Podcast, all spelled out T-W-O. S-H-O-T-S podcast. And we're also on Facebook. We have a YouTube channel, which I'm going to be a little bit more active on. I'm not near 100 100 subscribers yet, but I hope to break that mark soon. I just need to put out more content. I'm always busy. So you can check us out on YouTube and also on Instagram. And we do have a Facebook page as well. So for Noah Magaro George, I'm Joe Garcia. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Two Shots podcast. And as we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, be kind to one another. We're out. Peace.